What's up, horror fam? You know what time it is. Today we're talking John Carpenter. Let's Let's get get into this. this. All right, guys. What's up? What's up? And welcome to the Horror Chronicles podcast. We're back at it again. Your favorite podcast out there. We're doing this shit, guys. Breezy's not with us, as you guys, well, some of you can't probably see, but Breezy's not with us tonight. She's doing some moving, so she'll be here next weekend. Yeah. Anyways, guys, uh, like I said, welcome to the Horror Chronicles podcast. We're going to do some business right now. If you're just listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, wherever, and you're not looking at our Facebook page, Come over and check us out, guys. We're highly active on our Facebook page. We do a live show every last Saturday of the month. Oh, the last Saturday. Last Saturday of the month. That's right, guys. The last yeah. Saturday of the month. And uh, it's a fucking great time, man. We have a good time talking to everybody. But our Facebook page is the best way to get a hold of us, guys. Start a conversation. Join the group. Uh, join the community. Share stuff. Um, share stories. Start a conversation with people. You know, just uh, have a good time with it, and um, oh yeah, it's it's just a good way for us to be able to talk to you guys. Yeah, for sure. Uh, where can they get some merch at? Uh, you can find all of our merchandise at tpublic.com. That's t e e p u b l i c dot com. Tpublic guys, just, just type in. Go ahead. Yeah, just go ahead. type in horror chronicles, and uh, merch will start popping up. Yeah, guys. You- We've got several different designs on there now. Mm-hmm. They're a very easy company company to work with. You just, you know, you find the design you like, you pick your shirt color, yeah. and you buy it. I mean, it's, yeah, guys. It's and I mean, simple. to be honest with you guys, we don't make a lot of money off of them, but that's not our point. That's our point that, is to get yeah. to show you guys and for you to be able to show your love for the horror fam. Show that you're part of this family, you know? Yeah, That's the main yeah. thing. Plus, this kick-ass merchandise. I mean, look at the fucking new logo, guys. Come on. Yeah, it's fucking killer. Also, guys, you can also catch us on Cranium Radio. Cranium Radio. Friday nights. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> Gotta remember that dot com. Shiza. Uh, yeah, every Friday night at uh, 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Yeah. And, guys, we're Just looking. Just come on in. Join the chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I try and get in there. He's in there creeping. Occasionally. I, I missed it last night. I had some stuff going on at home, so. Mm-hmm. It's all gravy, guys. But, yeah, Didn't check us out on Cranium there, Radio, guys. Shout out to them. And, um, yeah, and, and listen to them. I mean, even if you're not listening to them for us, I mean, they're a killer station. I, Hell, they yeah. They play a lot of metal. They, they play a lot of everything, but it's mostly metal. And they do live shows every night. A uh, really good friend of ours, Lale, uh, does a show on Wednesday nights called Heathen Haven. And uh, he is uh, Tyrant Lale. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah pretty guys, cool. He's got a killer show. Check him out, man. And, um, you know, we want to get some guests on the show, guys. We want you yeah. guys to come on tell some stories and uh, have a discussion about maybe a movie you like, uh, a horror movie game. Books, whatever, you know, horror porn, whatever you're into. We'll talk about whatever. But, yeah, get a hold of us. Yeah, get a hold of us. I was just going to say, speaking of that, I just saw the other day uh, somebody was showing Night of the Naked Dead. (laughs) I don't know what the hell that's about, but I'm intrigued. But he's going to watch it. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, guys, yeah, get a hold of us. We really want to have some conversations with you. Uh, Horrorchroniclespodcast at gmail.com. Let us know. Send us a, um, say, hey, I would like to be on the show, and we can take a fo- phone call, so we'll work that out, guys. Yeah, for sure. But for sure. 
Now that that's over with, yeah, we're going to get into what we are calling our director's series, guys. We are going to do um, a series of directors that, um, basically horror movie directors. And, um, of course, we're going to start off with... The man. The man. Um, me and JT's favorite. Um, I'm not sure if it's Breezy's favorite or not. We will find that out in our next director series. Mm-hmm. But... Um, we're talking John Carpenter. Yes. The, the man, mighty John Carpenter. The myth, the legend, guys. We know him. We love him. He's done so many this movie great right movies. Home. Come on. Um, you know, I mean, uh, I mean you, we, with these director series, guys, we're going to talk. We are going to mention the movies and say a few oh things yeah, about we're them. Gonna, we're but we talk about some movies. We want stuff, to uh, talk about the, the man or the female themselves. Yeah. Um, we want to talk about them their life how they film things the way they see things and the way they you know just do their movies um, and, and so we're starting out with a great one because yes. john carpenter has got a, a fantastic mind for filming yes you know and and it, he's not just a director he has so many things he's a writer he's a composer he's well you know, most of you may producer. not know yeah most of you may not know um but for those of you who don't we're going to inform you that's the point he not only does he direct movies, mm-hmm. he writes his screenplays. Yep. He produces them. He composes them, <laughs> and he edits them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, he, he does it all. I, he, it, it sounds like, you know, when you say it like that, it sounds like the guy's kind of a control freak, but he's not. He just has a vision, and he knows what he wants to do, and he wants well, to do it as cheap as he possibly can. And not only that, but like he said. You know, I've watched a lot of documentaries about him and read some things. And he was a, I don't give a fuck what you think yeah. type of director. Yeah. He's, he's going to make, the, yes, he's going to make the movie the way he wants to make the movie. Yeah. Um, and that's and awesome, he's, man. He's, yeah. More people need to do that. He's not trying to be an asshole, but he said, I'm not making the movie for you. Right. I'm making the movie for me. Yeah. And, you know, that's what he did. He wants to put what he wants in there. And I'm going to tell you, you know, we talked about it. We're just going to get into this stuff. We're not going in any particular order, guys. We're just yeah, going to be just, talking. We're just talking. So, um, you know, he, when he, the way he films these things, you know, he going for low budget because he wants to keep it, you know. But what's so great about that is, is that what's the first thing they cut usually when in the, the composing, the music? That's mm-hmm. one of the first things they cut. So what's he do? It just so happens that growing up, his father was a big influence on him. Well, um, his- his father was a professor of music theory exactly. at, at the college. And he said, you know, that his dad bought him a pair of bongos for Christmas, and he was just yeah. like, oh, what the fuck? But anyways, he dad, taught him. Dad, I got him. other things to beat on. Yeah. <laughs> but he taught him, you know, uh, this, this uh, I wish I could remember the ratios. He taught him these two ratios. And, you uh, know. It was uh, four, four or five time or yeah, something like that. Yeah, four or five time yeah. and four something else time. And, you know, uh, he went from there, and he started composing music, too, yeah. and he loves music, which, you know, I'm going to get back to it, but, you know, he was in a band. Yeah. You know, yeah. he was in a rock band. Um, uh, uh, and I don't know how much you dove into that. To the, the, oh, yeah, the, uh, was the Vils, the, the, the Coupe de Vils. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. Western. They were doing Western shit, yeah. you know. <laughs> he actually, well, okay, I don't want to, we'll talk, I, wanna, I don't yeah, want to skip what I was saying. Right. You know, um, so what was cool about him, you know, making these, the soundtracks for these movies is that he's just so fucking good at it. And because he didn't make the soundtrack, he, he, he said that the soundtrack should live through the entire movie, but be invisible. 
Right, right. It's like it's there when it needs to be. It's there the whole time. Right. But it's really there when it needs to be, and it's not. It's there, yeah. but it's not there. He doesn't want it to overpower the, the atmosphere of the movie. Mm-hmm. But he it wants also. It to create atmosphere. Exactly. Yeah. It was the atmosphere yeah. right. of the movie, you right. know? Right. And he did that so well. Yeah, and he did that in a lot of movies. A lot oh, a of ton movies. of them, man. Um, just, you know, They Live, yeah. Halloween, uh, Christine, Christine freaking yeah. uh, The Fog. Yeah, um, a lot of those movies. I mean, it just go on and on. And I've got on. some stuff that people probably didn't even know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I so mean, here, go ahead. Let, I just want to get into John himself. So, John Carpenter was born John Howard Carpenter on January 16th of 1948. Mm-hmm. Uh, he Carthage. was born in Carthage, New York, to Milton Jean Carter and Howard Ralph Carpenter. Uh, shortly after... After that, they moved to Bowling Green, Kentucky. We've got some interesting stuff about Kentucky, too. So whenever they moved to Bowling Green, uh, as he got older, he got into college. His dad was a professor at Western Kentucky University, and he, like we said earlier, he taught music theory and Mm -hmm. music composition and stuff like that. And, you know, John was really interested in that kind of stuff, but he, he really wanted to direct films yeah he told his dad his, like he even told his dad that like, i want to be a director you yeah know? and his yeah. dad's like well yeah. maybe not yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? so john when he got older he ended up attending western kentucky university and did a did a couple of years there and then left there and went to usc in los angeles in usc film school uh, in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. In 1968, he went ended up going there, and which yeah. is, as most people may know or may not know, is a, a music school. It's, it's a, a Yeah, it's music and music film. Music and film school. Yeah, very prestigious, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, he... Uh, and he said he learned everything he knows about making movies in, in that school. Yeah. He learned mm-hmm. everything that he uses. Yeah. And... Uh, and it's cool the way he put stuff together. I mean, it just his mind. Well, he not... was he actually was a huge. Um, he came into making movies to make westerns. Yeah. And then by the time that he you know got into the business, yeah. westerns were kind of going out, uh, except right. for like you know uh, Clint Eastwood, which is I love Clint Eastwood too. Yeah. But his west spe- spaghetti westerns, what they call right. them, you know. Right. Um, and so he adapted. Uh, and it's kind of crazy that, you know, he writes such great horror and stuff, too, because he's not a very, uh, he likes sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. He likes sci-fi, which we'll get into, like, you know, Escape from New York is like a sci-fi western, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what I was going to say is, like, he talked about how he didn't, he said movies should make you feel like they are real. Right. And he said that if you can make these people, um, if you can make people connect with the characters and seem like they are real people, not actors, but real yeah. people, that person is real, that character is real, then you got them. Yeah, you've done a great job. Which yeah. is what he did with yeah. Halloween, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, well, a lot of his movies. Well, yeah, but, I mean, he, he originated, which is kind of cool, because, like, a lot of, like, the, um, I can't remember the director's name was talking about it on one of the documentaries I watched, and he said that some people uh, think that the – the body shot from the um like whenever in Halloween you see Michael Myers through his eyes mm-hmm. you're seeing what he sees yeah. and some people think that's played out now because but he originated it yeah 
He was well, the originator. And it's funny because John Carpenter, uh, whenever he was filming, uh, when he started filming these, we'll say bigger budget movies, um, you know, like Halloween, Assault mm-hmm. on Precinct 13. Yeah. Um, he got introduced to this thing called Panavision. Mm-hmm. And never. And Panavision is, it, it's like extreme widescreen. Uh, it's it's a bigger screen. You can fit more stuff on the screen. And once he figured that out and figured out how to film with it, he won't use anything but now. Yeah. He uses Panavision and uh, and uh, what they call it an anamorphic lens mm-hmm. on his mm-hmm. on his cameras to block out. You know. To make it a more more uh, well, he's like the wide what they call like wide, wide screen. screen. Yeah. Basically, what they yeah. call wide screen. Yeah. So John Carpenter, he films everything in that same yeah, you know, um, he uh, ratio. And what I was what I was getting at before I just went off on another tangent, <laughs> but um, you know, he doesn't doesn't necessarily believe in the paranormal in his own in personal life. No, no. And but he said that your job as a director is to make people believe in it, right? You know, right. Um, which is cool. Um, like I said, he likes sci-fi. He yeah, likes sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, although he did like, you know, he said he grew up and Tales from the Crypt was a big influence on him. Um, the old Tales yeah, from the, the Crypt, original, the original yeah. Tales from the Crypt, you know, yeah. and sci-fi movies and stuff like that. Right. Um, and I just, I really love and appreciate the way that he uh, does what he wants to fucking do. Right. Yeah. He's not um, going to let anybody tell him how to film his movies. You know, gonna... um, and he smokes like a freight train. Yeah. <laughs> like every interview I've watched, yeah. the whole documentary, yeah. Yeah. smoking through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but no, um, and a lot of other directors love that too, you yeah. know. Um, they well, that interview he did with Robert Rodriguez was, yeah, that was awesome. fantastic. Man. Yeah, fantastic. I watched that and a few others, and yeah. it was just like, man, he's always been that guy. Uh you know, um, even they say even in film school that you knew certain people were just going to be fucking well, great. He was talking about his uh, his professor was telling him he's like uh, the very first day of class. A professor says, "I'm going to tell you guys right now, 99 percent of you are never going to film a movie. Yeah. You're never going to make it." And John was like, "Well, I know that's not me because I'm doing it." You yeah. know, and look at him. I mean, he yeah, did, and you he know, had the the it's, it's some people you're meant to do you're born to do it, you know? something yeah you yeah. know and god bless freaking thank god yeah for john thank carpenter, for john carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> uh well you know the thing is is um like his first movie that he did was a movie called dark star mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> i watched clips of it and i'm just like it, it's definitely dated yeah you know? oh yeah oh yeah but what it came out like 70 Fuck! What was that? Like, no, Dark Dark Star came out and like. Well, it did come out in like seventy four, seventy three, seventy. Yeah, it was early seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you could tell, but it was his first one, you know. Yeah. And yeah. um, he did good in it, and then Precinct uh, Assault on Precinct thirteen, mm-hmm. and yeah. bam, it was yeah. just you know. Um, and Assault on Precinct thirteen was not. Uh, it's a good movie, but it wasn't a great movie. For, yeah. You know, I mean, he, but he learned a lot. While well, he, he was said that in, the, in that movie. Yeah. And in that movie, you know, he paid a lot of homage to, to older movies, to older directors and stuff like yeah. stuff they would do. Yeah. The Westerns that he was wanting yeah. to do, but they were out, you know, yeah. 
um, I mean, kind of, we're rolling what? into it, so we might as well talk about it. You know, like uh, um, Escape from L.A. or Escape from New York, you yeah. know. Yeah. Those are basically science fiction westerns. Yeah. And yeah. Um, he did a lot of work with Kurt Russell, which we'll get into, yeah. because he said he liked to work with people who know how to act. Right. And he he, he actually said, uh, he said in several interviews, he loves working with Kurt Russell because he's a hard worker. Yes, what he said. He's guy, like, he he's, said, he said he, he doesn't just, have to tell him multiple times. He doesn't have to. It's right. like... And Kurt Russell is one of those actors that he really doesn't care if he looks like an ass on film. I love Kurt. He just, Kurt Russell is one of my fucking favorite all-time all actors. He is. He's a great him. actor. Great actor. But, uh, yeah, he worked a lot with him. Um, but um, with those movies, he's like, fuck yeah. He loves science science fiction. He wanted to make Western, so he made a fucking science fiction Western, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of that, Kurt Russell even said, you know, whenever with for Snake – he was trying to embody Clint Eastwood. Right. You know, mm-hmm. as far as mm-hmm. that goes. And so I, and you can, sh- now that I know that, I yeah, can really can see, see it. it. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. it's kind of cool, which is one of the reasons why I love this series that we're going to be doing with the directors is because it'll get to delve into them. You get to take a look into their mind and, and how it's made and why yeah. it's made, you know, and that's another thing, um, about, uh, about about the way he about the way he films things is because he's the way that um, John's you know does it. He says the less you know, the better. Right. And we talked right. about that before yeah. when yeah. with the Halloween remakes and uh-huh. stuff like that. Uh-huh. You know, and that's the way he said you don't need to know. Right. What's going on there? You just need to think there's something going on. Exactly. There. Right. And John is really good at at bringing that into his films. He's really good at, at, you know, walking that line between dark and light in his scenes whenever he films. And you'll see, like, as the film goes along, uh, you know, no matter what film he's got, you know, it starts out all bright, and as the movie goes along, it gets darker and darker and darker. And we're not talking about the the movie itself Self, we're talking yeah. the, atmosphere, the atmosphere the actual lighting of the yes. movie i mean he will start dimming lights down to make it feel more claustrophobic and you know something that's cool though that to mention about uh since we were already talking about um escape from new york and stuff uh you know where it was filmed at yeah in st louis yeah, yeah. and uh that's a that was pretty yeah, there was cool. a, there was a big fire and an explosion right in the middle of downtown St. Louis. So there were like several blocks that were in rubble, you know. And yeah. They, they used uh, they used that to do a lot of the filming. And it came out, you know, what, in eighty one. Yeah. Uh, with a five million dollar budget. Um, but uh, one thing I was gonna say about it is that he got the inspiration from that from like um, Death Wish, mm-hmm. and yeah. a novel by Harry um, Hart- Harry Hawks. Harry Harnison. Hmm. It was a novel by, well, that's what it says, er, yeah. Harrison, Harry Harrison. Um, and that's where he got kind of the idea for it. Yeah. Um, and, of course, of course, Kurt Russell, you know, played played in it. And, um, you know, <laughs> it's funny because, like we said, uh, John Carpenter was born in New York, but he hated New He hates New York, and he still says that. He said he hates New York to this day. <laughs> I mean, you could tell. Yeah. Uh, I was oh, like, yeah. yeah. He he definitely don't like it. But uh, 
well, I was gonna say, going back into to the way he films these movies, um, you know, he is such a fucking I. I don't want to say God. He's like a a fucking mastermind. Yeah, he's a genius. He's a genius of atmosphere. Yeah, he's a creator. He's a cree fucking aider of atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. All you of know, his movies are very atmospheric. Even his last movie, which I watched this morning. Yeah. <laughs> which one was that one? The Ward. The Ward. At, that, With Amber Heard. Oh, okay. Enough said. Mental Ward. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like. Uh, with like one of my favorite fucking movies of all time, and I think you guys should watch it. Uh, and it, it explains a lot. Uh, they live. Yeah, you great know, movie. Um, fucking God bless Roddy Piper. Um, but uh, the atmosphere of that movie, we talked about like the um, the way the music rides the movie. Mm-hmm. It's there always. Yeah. But you it's don't really subtle. tell. It's subtle. Very subtle. You yeah. know? But it's there when it needs to be, you know? And this, the way that he filmed that movie and the actors that he had in, you know, uh, and that came out in 88. And um, it was an anti-government movie, basically. Yeah. And Yeah, he, he actually created that movie because of all the Reaganomics bullshit that was going on back then. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, I mean, it had the longest fight scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, you know, he said that he's like, he wanted people to start questioning the reality, you yeah. know, um, of what's going on around you. Just open your eyes up and look around what's right. going on, you know. And uh, what's kind of, another cool fact about that movie is, is that all the aliens are played by the same guy. Yeah, yeah. Even the women. Even the women. All yeah. of them are played yeah. by the same guy. Yeah. Because so, his face well, was like the mask fitting perfect. Perfectly. So. Yeah. Which he was always way. about keeping that budget low, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he. Fu- that, it's so cool because it, it it just makes me appreciate it even more the knowing that a he does everything in the movies you right. know to to get him out and b just that he does it as a low but he don't need a huge fucking budget to make a great yeah, fucking he, movie. No, he doesn't. I mean, look at what he did with Halloween. Halloween had a budget of three hundred thousand. Yeah, you know, I mean. Yeah. It's the, one of the greatest horror movies ever made. Um, and, oh, also, he placed all of his own camera shots. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he put every, he knew, he knew where he wanted the cameras before the fucking right. started. Yeah, started so filming. he didn't have to hire a cinematographer. He nope. did that. Yeah, fucking guy. I mean, it. it's Carpenter, dude. I mean, I, how can you, know? you not love this fucking guy, right. man? Knowing everything that he's that I mean, he's done. Like I said, it sounds like he's a control freak, but he's really not. He just, he had a vision and he knows what it's going to take to pull it off. And, you know, why why hire somebody to do something you know how to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, he was trying to follow the footsteps of, like, Hitchcock and, you know, yeah, he, people like that. Yeah, he was that. a big fan of Hitchcock. And, like, uh, it just makes me appreciate, even though I already did, yeah, I love him anyway, he's my yeah. favorite director. Um, made me appreciate him even more knowing how much fucking effort that he put into these movies. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it it just goes to show you that you don't have to have a fucking huge budget or any of that bullshit to make a movie great. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of movies that have big fucking budgets that suck. Yeah. yeah. You know? You need right. a person who 
A wants to fucking be there mm-hmm. and does shit his way and is great. He's just he was born to do what he did. Yeah. Or is doing, I should say, because yeah. he's still there, you know. Um, and it just shows in his movies, like the way he composes the music. I mean, you will never... Halloween, the Halloween theme will is iconic and will go down to history forever. Right. Right. You know, like we talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Music. It's very simple. It does, you know, uh, that's one thing uh, that he had mentioned. Uh, he was talking about uh, he was working with a composer for a movie, and I don't remember which movie, but it was the first time he had worked with this composer, and it, it, he was an Italian composer, and his name was. Eno Morsenes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was writing the score for this movie, and when John heard it, he was like, ah, that's not really what it... He said, all I did was I contacted the guy, and he said, I didn't speak his yes, language, and he, he didn't, didn't speak, speak my language, so we had a translator, and he said, all I told the translator was less notes. Yep. And the guy did it and realized that, oh, yeah, I see where you're going with that, you know. And it just, he's just, his mind is just fucking awesome, dude. The things he thinks of, you know. And it was cool, like, diving into these and figuring out where he got the ideas for these movies, you know. Kind of like The Fog, you know, when he did The Fog. Like, um, he was married to, oh, crap, I forgot her name. Not Adrian Barbeau. Um, no, he was married to Adrian yes, yes, yes. Barbeau. I, I know, no, no, I know. But yeah. before that, he wasn't married. He was in a relationship with, um, gosh dang it, what's her name? He was her, she was his, uh, like one of the managers on the on the, on his um, movies. And he got, to, the first movie he she came in to work on was The Fog. Or not okay. The Fog, but Halloween. You're not talking about Deborah Hill, are you? Yes. Okay, Deborah yes. Hill. Deborah yeah. Hill. Deborah Hill. Yeah, they they were they, they were, were really good friends, and they dated for and a they little while. Yeah. And being in a relationship yeah. or whatever. Well, like uh, they were um, at Stonehenge, mm-hmm. and yeah. she said that the fog was rolling in and Stonehenge, and she he they were sitting there, and that John was just like, "What do you think's in that fog?" And she said, "Ghosts," <laughs> and he's like, "Let's make a movie about it." Yeah. And yeah. they made the movie, you know, just they so happy. They made the movie, and it sucked. Yeah, and he remade it. Yeah, yep. Yeah. The first time it, it was so horrible. When 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 they first first filmed it, they had uh, John didn't like the way it turned out, so he cut out a bunch of parts of it and basically refilmed the whole movie. Yeah, and really um, crazy. It's there's a little bit of drama on the yeah. set and stuff, but yeah. you know um, it is what it is. Um, interesting thing about it, he was talking about a dream he Interestingly had. Interestingly enough. Interestingly enough. T-shirts coming soon. Um, <laughs> uh, he was talking about a dream he had, you know, like because he got that inspiration for the fog through that time, the experience at Stonehenge, and also in dream, he had a dream about um, like there was a storm, and inside the clouds was this giant eye mm. that was like looking down on him or something. Like, and it, he's cool. you know he he brought that into it. Uh, yeah. A crawling eye is what he said. Yeah. A crawling eye. Um, but uh, what I was, I was going to say about that is he hired uh, Jamie Lee Curtis for the movie because he found out that after she had made Halloween that she wasn't getting any parts for any movies. Hmm. 
And so he's like, okay, we'll put you in this movie. Yeah. And then after that, they're like, oh, every horror movie made was like, oh, let's get, we want her. We yeah. want her in it. So yeah. she was fucking in Prom Night and fucking like, the list just goes on and on after right. that. Right. A lot of slasher films. Um, so he really, you know, cared about her and helped her, you know, so get out. Train. Yeah, Terror there's a train. ton of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of movies. Uh, but helped her get out there and put be put in movies because he couldn't believe that she wasn't getting parts. Yeah, after, major star after Halloween, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, you know, that just goes to show. Like I said, he said he likes to work with pe- certain people with certain yeah. people because he knows they're hard workers and he doesn't have to fucking. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm glad you said that. I want to take a step back here, just a little bit. You go wherever. You so, <clears throat> talking about John Carpenter in his younger years, uh, so he uh, began making short films in 1962. He actually won an Academy Award for best live action short. Yeah. For a movie called The Resurrection of Bronco Billy, which came out in 1970. Yep. He not only directed that movie, but he co-wrote that movie. Yeah. Who did he co-write it with? Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, it wasn't... Uh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. He co-wrote that movie with Nick Castle. Yes. Who? If you guys don't know who Nick Castle is, Nick Castle plays The Shape... Michael Myers in the original Halloween movie. And he also played in the Coupe de Ville's. <laughs> he was also in the Coupe de Ville's. Well, here's the other thing is, who else was in the Coupe de Ville's? Oh, shit. Uh, God dang it. I just watched this, too. I can't remember. Go ahead. Tommy Lee Wallace. Yes. Tommy Lee Wallace was the uh, did a lot of the makeup effects and mm-hmm. some of the production on Halloween. They were and in- Tommy Lee Wallace is a director now. Yes. Um, and him and John are still really good friends. Well, they were all in school together, yeah. too. They yeah. all went to film school together. Yeah. So it's just kind of interesting that, you know, you keep your friends close, you know. And yeah, man. Um, and you help each other through doing different things. Well, he's a loyal person. He's a loyal person, and, you know, he just he, – he liked not having any the, – the less drama you have on set, the, the cheaper the budget. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, well, you know, and it was funny. I was kind of going through some movies, you know, I, I kind of went through some of like his more, his more mainstream, you know, stuff that people have heard of. And I, I was writing them down and I'm writing down the dates and it's like, holy shit, this guy was busy the la- at the end of the 70s mm-hmm. and all through the 80s. So check this out. Assault on Precinct 13 came out in 1976. Halloween came out in 78. The Fog came out in 80. Escape from New York came out in 81. The Thing, which we haven't even started talking about yet, came out in 1982. And then Christine came out in 83. Starman, which blew my mind. I had forgotten that John Carpenter directed Starman with Jeff Bridges. Mm -hmm. Uh, It came out in 84. Big Trouble in Little China, 86. God, fucking love that movie. Prince of Darkness, 87. They Live, 88. Goes yeah. on and on. I mean, he was very busy all throughout the 80s. And big point, not only was he busy, but they were fucking great movies. Mm. I still love Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, You guys know I've done a live video. I was watching it one of the fucking, about a month ago. I still love They Live. Yeah, one of my favorites of all time. Like, you know, 
Speaking of Big Trouble in Little China, you know, since you're there for a minute, you know, he uh, John Carpenter loved kung fu movies. Yeah, he was and, he was real really big into Godzilla movies. Uh huh. And um, you know, it's funny about it. He was talking just a little bit about Kurt Russell's character, and like you were saying, mm-hmm. Kurt Russell yeah. isn't afraid to look like a jackass. On right. Him, you right. know, but he was saying that. You know, the point of uh, Jack Burton's character in that is that he was the fucking sidekick the whole time, didn't even yeah, know it. Yeah, didn't even know it. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And he was just brash. Uh, dude, yeah. that movie will forever be one of my fucking yeah. favorite. De- it's it's fucking dear classic. to my heart. <laughs> Love that movie. It's all in the Love reflexes. That Hell intro yeah. of that movie is great, too, by the way. Yeah. I fucking love that intro. But, man, I mean, just so much stuff. You know, one of the, one of the things he was talking about was The Thing. Uh, you know, to me, The Thing always was and always will be a fantastic movie. It was very well filmed. The way they put that together and the music they have with it and the story behind it, it's just a fucking killer movie. But it flopped in the movie theater. Yeah. And that really fucking hit John Carpenter hard because he doesn't like to fail. Yes. You know, and it caused a lot of turmoil in their in their deal. But, you know, I thought that was very interesting when he was talking about, because I didn't notice it until he actually said it, that when he was talking about the way he films, you know, in that Panavision, mm-hmm. how, you know, at the beginning of the movie, when everything's happy-go-lucky, you see these long, like wide shots with multiple people on the screen, you know, and everybody's getting along and everybody's, you know, and, and then when you get closer to the end of the movie where you don't know who, yes, who is in there, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all the shots are single people. Mm. You you don't see any single person or you don't see more than one person in a shot at a time when you get closer to the end of the movie, except for Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, the whole movie, there are very few shots of him in on the screen with anybody. They kind of singled him out the whole movie. Now, there's a couple shots, yeah, yeah. but not much. Most of the time when you see him... It's that part where he's talking to the old boy inside the... Whatever you want to call it, the fucking vehicle. Because he's talking yeah. oh, about yeah. what's going on, you know. Yeah. But, but, yeah, you know, um, well, it goes to... Sh- it, he goes to tell, too, like, I think... I can't. I think it was on the Rodriguez uh, yeah. interview where he was talking about um, like not knowing how we talk about how you don't need to know so much. Mm-hmm. The less you know, the better. And that's what he said because they asked him a question like on I think it was from Escape from New York something like how, what really happened to uh, one of the characters. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And I remember his name, but yeah, yeah they and, never tell you. Well, he, well, he said I don't know. He, well, no, well, first what? he said he's like got gang raped. He and got fucking, gang, uh, gang raped and set on fire. But he said no. I really. He's like I don't know. He's like I don't know. I still yeah. didn't. I don't know. The yeah. audience don't know, and I never wrote any story. I never thought of it. Right. The point is Nobody that he to know. He, exactly. He didn't know. Yeah. Because you didn't need to know. Yeah. You, and that's just the way he did that, which is yeah. awesome. That's the way he did a lot of things. That's why, to me, Halloween. The original Halloween is such a great movie because John wrote in so much mystery to to Michael's character. We didn't need to know all those things. We got just a little snippet of his childhood. That's it. That's all we needed to know. It made him a more 
I don't know, unstoppable, ominous. more ominous. Yeah, I mean, you just didn't need to know those things about him. Yeah, and but, what's cool that, uh, you know, like they're talking about Halloween, like they're saying how it showed him as a child, but when he came back, he was no longer a human, really. He right. was He was something else. Well, like, right, and that's why they didn't, they didn't in the credits, the they didn't call him Michael Myers. They called him The, the shape. shape. Yeah. Because yeah. every time you saw him, it was like a silhouette. Yep. Of him in the distance, yeah. And then I, I like how he was talking about how you really, as the movie's going along, you really don't know if Lori's even seeing this guy. Yeah. Is he really even there, or is he just a figment of her imagination? Yeah. Because no one else is seeing him. Right, because nobody else sees him until they get killed. Yeah. You know? It's just, it's really cool the way he thought that out, you know? Yeah, you know, man... It's just awesome that you can have somebody who can, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Who can feed people emotions and you're getting exactly what you want from him, mm-hmm. though you've never met him. Right. He doesn't know you, but he is giving you exactly what you want. Yeah. At exactly that time, what you need. and yeah. it, it it's like he's in your fucking head, right. you know, but he's right. not. It, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that, that's just a great director for you. I mean, exactly, and that's the way. That's what he said. He was like, um, someone said something. Fuck, what was it? It was in the Rodriguez thing, and he was talking about uh, something like, "What would you say to people who did this, or what we change?" And he's like, "Nothing." Yeah, he's I like. Wouldn't. He's, he's I like, did things my way. I, exactly. Know? He's like, I do the movies the way I want to do them. Right. I don't do them for I don't do them for anyone else. And that's what I was. That's kind of what it, I was. Yeah, he doesn't do them to get rich. He doesn't do them for fame. He that's kind of what I was getting at. What's weird about it is, and it kind of goes into like we talked about before about the collective consciousness is that he did movies for him the way he wanted to do them, but there's so many people. Who would that wanted it the same one? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see where you're going. So you're in my head with that, yeah. you know? Oh, and, and that's what's cool about it. It's 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 just crazy. And thank God there that people are made like that. You know, mm-hmm. there's people out yeah. there who you know, and we're gonna dive into different people, you know, yeah. once through yeah. this director series that we do. Um, but with John Carpenter, it just seemed like he is the king of well, what they call him, uh, like what they call him, the, uh, let's see here. I got it written down. The Prince of Darkness. He had like yeah. uh, the the pornographer of uh, horror or yeah, uh, yeah. or gore or something like that. Yeah. Well, a, no, it's not gore because there's hardly any gore in any yeah, of his movies. It was a hor- it was the he, the pornographer of horror or something like yeah, that. They said yeah. or something something yeah. like that. He had a bunch of names because like he was just so fucking like you said well, he was he was a master of horror. He was it, pumping out these. Yeah. Yeah, I mean one right after another, and they were another. great movies. And some of them, and some of them weren't weren't horror, like Starman. Starman's not a horror movie, but it was a sci-fi movie. They Live you know? was kind of more of a sci-fi, sci-fi was, or yeah, you They know. Live was more of a sci-fi movie. Well, I got a couple others that I just want to give a quick mention to. Oh yeah, go ahead. Um, so he did a couple lesser-known movies. Um. He did a movie called Someone's Watching Me in 1978, and it was a made-for-TV movie, which he directed and did the music for. 
And then he did another made-for-TV movie called Elvis in 1979. He's a big Elvis fan. He he likes Elvis. Uh, one of the things I ran across is he likes Elvis and big Cadillacs. Well, and it's like he said, too. Um, he grew up, they had no TV. Right. He didn't have a TV growing up. Yeah. So, like, he would go to the movies to see whatever, or he'd be at friends' houses. He said he mm-hmm. did see Elvis Presley. He was excited about it, too, because he'd look on his face yeah, whenever yeah. he said it. I did see Elvis Presley on Ed Sullivan show. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, probably. Uh, and he said, I, I did see Elvis Presley on Ed Sullivan live at one of my friends' house. Yeah. One night. But, and he was yeah. all, I mean, he had a big-ass shit-eating grin on his face when he said it. So, you yeah. can tell he definitely loves Elvis. And and here's a strange movie that I had no idea that John Carpenter did. He did a movie with Chevy Chase called Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Hmm. John Carpenter directed that. I don't, I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it, it's actually a good movie. It's more of a like a sci-fi comedy, comedy? kind of thing, you know. I mean, it's got Chevy Chase on it. You, you know, know, I didn't really look too much. I should probably should look more to it. Did he like westerns, or did he just want he, to? He really did, because I know he was bit. He like was some pretty... of his favorite movies were westerns, and like, so like, uh, in in Assault on Precinct Thirteen, the main character, his name was Justice T. Cahill, I think, was his name. Well, he named him that because that was John Wayne's character mm-hmm. in Rio Bravo. Uh, he. Kurt Russell, a lot of the stuff like yeah. Big Trouble in Little China, yep. a lot of his mannerisms yeah. were based off of John Wayne. Yep. Um, you know, it just, yeah. a lot of lot of stuff. Kurt Russell, man. Kurt Russell, whether he's in a, a John Carpenter movie or not, I mean, the guy's just a great actor. I fucking love Kurt he, Russell, he dude. He is, man. He, he's done some really cool shit. And he's a badass American. I fucking love that motherfucker, dude. So, so uh, John Carpenter had an alter ego. His name was Rip Height. I've heard Rip Height. Rip Height. Why have I um, heard that? He w- he was in several of his own movies. Usually, he was playing a any any movie that John Carpenter did that had a helicopter scene. He played the pilot. Because what a lot of people don't know is John Carpenter actually had a pilot's license mm-hmm. for rotary helicopters. Um. He uh, there were some other movies uh, that he had done. Uh, there's a scene I think it's in the fog where there's a guy on a on a uh, in a phone booth talking to somebody in a phone booth. John mm-hmm. Carpenter. Uh, he played a lot of a lot of parts in some of his movies, and sometimes you don't even know it's him because he's dressed up mm-hmm. different or whatever. But uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of a lot of. Dr- I mean, Stephen King does the same thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, Rip Height was his name. He had some other names too, and and Rip Height would come up. Uh, he was really big into uh, oh, he was really big into the Quarter Mass series. There was uh, the Quarter Mass Experiment and the Quarter Mass. Uh, I, th- it was like a movie series called Quarter Mass. So one of the movies that he did, he put in there that it was produced by Martin Quartermass. <laughs> well, that was actually. John, he did a lot with stuff. He did. You he, know, he, you know, especially in credits and stuff. Uh-huh. He, you know, would give credit to people and, you know, name people after friends. Like all of his characters are based off of people he knows. 
uh, Michael Myers was based off of a kid that he met in a in an asylum during a school field trip. Yep. He based that character off this kid that he met, you know, and just just different things. So let's get into some really weird stuff that I ran into. Cool. Well, I say weird, but stuff that it was like, when I say this, you're going to be like, holy shit. Okay, I so like it. He was, he was hired to direct Firestarter. Yes. Um, they ended up replacing him because the thing tanked at the box office. It got such a poor box office uh, review that they ended up replacing. What a fuck up that. that was. So, you know, he would have been great in that movie. I mean, that's right up his alley. I mean, that's right in his wheelhouse. That's funny you say that because now, okay, I just all this just played out in my head as you told me that, yeah. okay? The guy who plays in Firestarter to the dad easily would have been Kurt Russell if it was fucking yes. John Carpenter because yes. that yes. guy looks like Kurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so fucking funny. Yeah. So here's some other interesting ones that kind of kind of floored me. Uh, he was offered the directing job for Top Gun in 1986. Turned it down. Yeah, that don't seem like a movie he would do. Uh, he was also offered Fatal Attraction in 87. Yeah. He turned that down. Uh, Armed and Dangerous in 86, same way. Armed and Dangerous, I don't know about one. That was the one with uh, Eugene Levy and John Candy where they robbed the the are their armored truck drivers? Oh yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. This okay. is the one that'll really screw you up. Zombie Land in two thousand nine. Oh. They approached Carpenter to do it, and he turned them down. Ah, oh. well. Can you fucking imagine if John Carpenter would have directed Zombie Land? Now I it would have been a completely different movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Different. Wait a second. Okay, I'm glad uh, you're gonna hear. It. I'm glad John Carpenter didn't do that because a. Zombie Land was a fucking badass movie. Yeah, yeah. Super fucking fun. One of my favorite fucking zombie movies, period. And I don't really see... That's not John Carpenter style. No, it's not. It's not. You know? Um, and it's kind of like we said. It's uh, That movie, written-wise, was too comedic for... You know, I, it, I can see why he would turn it down. Yes, it makes sense. If he wouldn't have, that would have been a completely different fucking movie. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and who knows? Different. Who knows? It may have been a cool-ass fucking, like, serious well, zombie movie. still a fucking movie. cool movie. Oh, hell yeah. It's one of my favorites. I, I but, I mean, it could have been, like, a cool-ass, like, Night of the Living Dead uh, fucking style, you know? Um, kind of, kind of uh, more of a... Slower, creepier mm -hmm. thing, you know. Yeah, but I'm glad he didn't because that movie is fucking great. I hate to say so. that, still love you, John Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, he's just done so much stuff that you know. So we talked about this earlier. We, you know, I mentioned he was married to Adrian Barbeau. Mm -hmm. He was married to Adrian Barbeau from 1979 to 1984. Well, that was during, you know, that was right after Halloween, and then he put her in. The fog. The fog. You know, she was the radio. And you know what's crazy? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've seen that, but the Hill lady was talking about how, like... Deborah Hill. Deborah Hill was yeah. talking about how, like, they had just split up. Whenever he got together with her. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, she was writing the parts for um, Adrian Barbeau's character. And she was, nice. like, they're on their honeymoon, and she's working... Yeah. Making oh, her famous. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. And she said that was probably one of Adrian Barbeau's greatest parts because yeah. she said she did really great in that movie. Well, 
John and Adrian gave birth to one son. His name's Cody. Well, his actual real name is John Howard Carpenter II. But uh, Cody uh, and John and his other son, I, I forgot to write down his name, but the three of them do a lot of composing and stuff now, and they actually, in 2018, went out and did a tour. Um, How fucking cool would it have been to freaking meet? I would, I would love your dad to be John Carpenter. <laughs> you fucking crazy, man. But yeah, yeah. So they did a lot of a lot of music and stuff. And then I thought it was cool. He actually co-wrote the video game Fear Three. See, I love I Fear. I told you that John was... Carpenter is very big into video games. Yes, he loves His video games. His son got him hooked on them. Yeah, that's and so he's still, funny. He still plays. They, them all the they time. said that yeah, he's big, yeah. big into video games and stuff. They mentioned that at the in the Rodriguez. Uh, uh, interview another good uh, another interesting thing that i didn't write it down because i knew it would pop up at some point and it just hasn't but he has uh worked with uh greg nicotero for a long time too yes oh, i'm glad you mentioned that because greg nicotero was in the uh one of the documentaries i watched mm -hmm. but they're all young yeah and greg nicotero well, looked like someone straight out of a fucking poison video. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I was like, dude, he could easily be in a fucking yeah. uh, '80s hairband. Well, and it was fun. It, it was funny because, uh, so I, you know, I kind of read through, and I was like, oh yeah, Greg Nicotero did did some work on this with him, work on that with him, or whatever. Well, John Carpenter, the last movie he did, and who knows, uh, he might do another one. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, the guy's what eighty two now. He doesn't look like it. You know, I mean. Uh, At least from the last time. But I the last the last movie he did was a movie with Amber Heard called The Ward. It came out in 2010. So I'm watching that today, and I'm sitting there, and I'm you know kind of reading on the computer, and I'm watching the TV, and I look up, and I'm like, special makeup effects, Gregory Nicotero. Yeah. I'm like, no shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, man. It's and you like we said, guys, another. John Carpenter is my favorite director. Yeah. You know, we didn't even talk yeah. about uh, vampires yet. Yeah, yeah. Which is a fucking great oh, movie. Amazing. Great amazing. movie. And that was one of the first movies where, you know, he had a lot of blood in it. Yeah. You know, yeah. people getting split yeah. in half and shit. And um, he said that he also, which he worked with another person I fucking love. That's another reason why I like John Carpenter so much. He puts the people I like in movies. <laughs> uh, fucking... Uh, James Wood, and he said that, it was the first time working with him, and he said that, you know, I've always played the bad guy. I've always played, you know, I was always fault, not, I was never first in the door, you know, he's like, I want to be first in the door wearing a pair of sunglasses and a fucking leather jacket, you know, so that's what he did. He put him in the movie, and yeah. his first leather time playing a hard ass, you know, oh, yeah. and I just, it, it, it's cool to see um the behind the scenes things and knowing that how much loyalty is an important thing to him and the way he you know works with people that he knows are hard ass workers and do what they need to do without having to be babysitted yeah you know and it goes to show i was yeah. just looking i was looking yeah. at his movies that i love of his and it's like Fucking Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is like Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis. Curtis, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just you know, and he got the same people, Nicotero's in it, and all the yeah. other people that you know work with yeah. him on things. It's so you know, one of the things that he did in his early career. Well, it actually happened on Halloween. Uh, whenever he was approached to, 
Halloween wasn't his idea. He was approached to do this movie called The Babysitter Murders. Yep. And, you know, he said that, uh, you know, he at that point he hadn't really done any horror. He wasn't really big into horror, but, you know, he'd give it a shot. He said, but if I do that, he said, if I do this movie, the one thing, the one stipulation I have is my name has to be above the title of the movie. Yes. So if you notice on Halloween, it says John Carpenter's Halloween. And it's always going to say that. And every movie since then has been. And he got that from, uh, was it Hitchcock or was it, there's another guy. No, it was Hitchcock. Yeah. His movies always said always Alfred Hitchcock's said, whatever. Yeah. Psycho. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So every movie that he does, you know, it's John Carpenter's Vampires. Which is fucking John badass. Carpenter's Christine. John Carpenter's The Thing. You know, it's it's part of the title. You know, and it gives him basically ownership. Nobody can ever say that he was not involved in that movie. Well, no. That is his movie. Well, and, and that was his way of doing things. Right. Right. He did the fucking movie the way he wanted to. No one changed his shit. Literally did everything the way he wanted to. Editing, yeah. fucking composing, yeah. screenplays, direct, I mean, everything. So, you know, one thing I did hear about him, though, was that he's, they, uh, they were talking about he was, uh, he was always okay with people doing remakes of his shit. Yeah. You know, he, he's like, oh, I don't mind it. It's kind of a form of flattery. Exactly. You, you know? know, well, it's what he's saying. He's like, well, this was my way of doing it. You know, except you for Rob your... Zombie. And, you know. uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Here we fucking go. <laughs> just kidding. This is a just great kidding. podcast all the way up to now. <laughs> no. Just kidding. I'm just now, kidding. guys, that's our that's our, that's our our yeah. first episode of Director Series number one, guys. Yeah, and we started uh, off with the greatest. Start off with our fucking favorite yeah. and the man, the so myth, the legend. So it's all downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah, no, nah. we got some other greats coming. There's up. some greats coming. You know, a, we're gonna get into people like James Wan and Cronenberg, and oh yeah, fucking you know, just, uh, the list goes on. Landis, I mean, there's King, just, fucking, I, I just uh, goes yeah. and goes. I and mean, goes. there's gonna be Romero, a lot of them pop up. We just Rodriguez. both of us talked about it, and we really wanted to start those series off with Carpenter. Yes, because he has influenced so much horror in our lives. He's the OG man. Um, and not only that, but. Like I said, he is the fucking master, the king of atmosphere. That's it, man. So we love you. We didn't even talk about stuff like body bags and master of horror. Yeah, you know. know, Stuff like that. I mean, so many movies to his credit. Basically, what we're telling you guys is go check out his fucking discography of fucking everything. So we love you, John Carpenter. Thank you for all you've done. For sure, man. For sure. You are the fucking man. And uh, you... uh, have inspired millions of people, man. You uh, yeah, definitely. We love you. Yeah. We may not know you, but we feel like we know you, and we love you. So yeah, guys, that is director series number one for you. We hope you guys liked it. Um, once again, thank you for your support, everybody. Thank you for being part of this horror fam. Don't forget to go pick up your merch simply so you can show everybody that you are part of our family. Yeah. Hey, and start sending us pics of your guys' stuff once you get it, man. Uh, I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah, pics of the merch. The merch. Oh, come on gotcha, now, come gotcha. on. We'll get some weird pictures. Uh, it's all right, know. whatever. I'm into weird. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, guys, we, we love you guys. Thank you for your support, guys. Thanks for being part of this horror family. And um, as always, until next time, keep it creepy.